Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. This is when we separate the men from the boys. This is when we find out who can bring it and who can't. This is one that this is like uh, All Star Week for sports talk show hosts. It's vacation week. It's vacation week for the uh, the mega stars. Although um, me and Cam are still here right now. Although today today's not too bad. We actually have the yeah, home run derby exactly. to talk about. We got the home run derby. Tomorrow we'll have the All Star game. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, and Wednesday we've got uh, the British Open. Yeah, see, it's just all coming day, together. Just another day at the office. You got it, buddy. But a lot of a lot of uh, people out there. Ooh, there's nothing to talk about. There's nothing going on. No, we're betting this uh, home run derby for fun. I we pro- do every year. I probably uh, shouldn't uh, admit this, uh, but. I was actually uh, pretty pleased that I didn't have to spend two hours of my day putting together a Major League Baseball well, lineup. <laughs> it's almost like I had the day off. It's, it's, like I was sitting here and I was like, man, I really don't have anything to do for this show. Like, you know, I encourage young broadcasters to prepare for like, uh, if you're on for two hours, prepare for four hours. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when you're professional like me, you know, whatever, I'm already prepared. So there's nothing, nothing I don't already know. Uh, but all kidding aside, uh, I sort of was like, well, well, you know, there must be something. I looked at DraftKings. It was like, yeah. there's nothing. There's a tennis starts at 4 o'clock in the morning. Nothing, I know. nothing when I looked this morning. And then yeah. they posted was- a tennis tournament. <laughs> and uh, they actually posted uh, Summer League basketball. So I do have a, a Summer League uh, lineup for you at 6 that's, o'clock Eastern. That's hardcore. Pretty hardcore. That's very hardcore. Interesting that Cleveland's playing time. the Lakers, too. I put some time into you it. You sure too. did, buddy. Well, a lot of people would kind of be screwed, but I'm following the Summer League. Not quite as closely as I have in past years, uh, to be honest, uh, but I am following it uh, pretty closely. Will it result in uh, DraftKings success? Six. Who knows? Time will tell. Yes, exactly. I got a big, um, I got my fantasy football uh, draft dues uh, commissioner report, and uh, basically we have to franchise tag four players on our roster, Gabe, and uh, LaShawn McCoy is one of my backs. I think I'm throwing him back in the mix. Yeah. Too much money. I can't save him for $38 in a in an auction well, league. I'll too much. You, I'll tell you right now, I don't believe that LaShawn McCoy will get suspended. No, but I just said but, I, just, I just don't like the situation. But it's too he's too expensive. I got Mahomes for five dollars last he's year. He's injury prone. Yeah, he is very injury prone, and the Bills' offense is also going to be. Pretty pedestrian, I'm yeah, thinking. I don't, you know, I don't expect much from LaShawn McCoy for for fantasy purposes. I, you know, people that know more about this yeah. stuff than I do seem to like him. Well, they don't have anything else. He's going to get a lot of touches. Yeah. No, he's going to get hurt. I'm a Bills fan. I'm aware. Like, yeah, the dude, the dude goes down more than Vince Carter and LeBron James combined. <laughs> 
I got Jordy like every Nelson. Play too. I got every play, every play, Lashawn yeah. McCoy. Oh yeah, no, no, he lo- I know. He looks like he's got his career's and ending. He lies every on carry. the turf for a few seconds, and, then, and you uh, can't tell is he hurt or not. And he pops up, up. and he's all good. <laughs> Or he does the he limps to the bench and then he's actually okay a few minutes later. And then when the other back gets a few touches, he well, comes yeah, right back but, in. Well, one of these times he's not going to get up, yeah. or it's going to be oh damn, he's out. He's out for like three he, months. He's not a young man anymore. He's been in the league for a hell of a long time. I hate to admit it, but you know the fact is, you know what? Um, women over thirty have uh, more success in uh, the porn industry as milfs than uh, than grown men do as uh, running backs over thirty in the NFL. Like, I hate to be that guy because normally I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't really look yeah. at age that much. People are automatically, oh, he's old, he's this. Yeah, I don't yeah, care. Is he yeah. still producing? Yeah. A lot of old like, guys have been done, well, done well exactly. lately in life. Yeah. A lot of old is guys he, are producing. Is he producing? That, that's all I look at. And the fact of the matter is, you know, I disagree with a lot about the NFL. And, like, you know, um, you know, like DeMarco Murray, man. DeMarco Murray was 30. Very productive back. Yeah, but he hit 30, and he knew. He's yeah. like, you know what? Last year, I averaged 3.6 yards of carry. I used to average 4.5. Yeah, could be 3.2. You're going down. You know what I mean? Like, some of these guys that hang on, man. Like, did you like watching Emmett Smith play with the Arizona no, Cardinals? No, it was, it was frustrating. It's like, bro. Even, J- even Jerry Rice with the Seahawks. Guys, not the same. Yeah, guys that just not the hang, same. hang on. I respect DeMarco Murray yeah. for saying, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah, I could could play and I could get released and picked up by another team and end up on the Jets and end up on, you know, whatever, you know, the Jags and sort of go through the circuit now, but I'm not going to do it. I'm already a multimillionaire. Why do I need to do this? Right. Yeah. But LeSean, I'm not saying LaShawn McCoy is done. No, he's right not done, but he's, he's, he's ending the, the twilight and I will, years of his career. I will say this, actually, I will say this, Cam, and great, uh, great job by you getting uh, Mahomes last year for five dollars, even though you didn't really like him all that much. But no, I, dr- I actually, fact, actually, listen. what I did the best game. I'll just give myself one thing. I got Cade McCown for a dollar. I got uh, Josh McCown for a dollar. That was the best thing that I did. I wouldn't give you ten cents for no, Cade, though. For he was, Cade McCown. Sorry, <laughs> for Cade McCown. You know what I'm talking about, though. He actually yeah. had some games over no, 300 nice. yards and stuff. But nice, like, yeah. I, I, the problem is, he did a good job with the quarterback. What am I, what am I going to do though with the with, with the quarterback situation? Because Darno's like that—that's the thing. Like I, I, I Darno's going to Darno, 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 Darno. I want somebody. Listen, I'm never. I'm not the one like that's Johnny pronounce the You want somebody who knows hooked on phonics to tell us is well, it Darno or Darnold? Yeah, but I hear this all the time, Sam Darno. Like, like spelled Darno. Like, you're right because he's like not from Sam the Bayou. Darnold. No, exactly. He's not he, Sam Darnold. It would be different if he was Sam Darnold. If he was born in Darnold. No, but you know, down south. With the with the Go Tigers G E A U X, things are different down Listen, there. But he's not uh, he's USC. I know. Cam, I've he's been, not a Tiger. I've spent more time in the South than Sam Darnold has. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually have. Like, <laughs> but like, the only yeah, the only time Sam Darnold ever been in the South in his life is like in the Cotton Bowl or whatever, and they got killed, <laughs> right by Ohio State. What, what ball was that? It was the Cotton Bowl, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. They they pronounce it. It's spelled California. Darnold. Yeah, exactly. No, I know, but I've heard both. Uh, you've, yeah. No, but during the games, it's Sam Darnold. Darnold, yeah. You know, but I sort of hear it like a lot of people. Darnold. Sam Darnold, Darnold, Darnold. It's like it's Sam Darnold. It's not like, but it's not like, like sharply. It's not like Darnold. It's Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah, you're right at the breath. It's not like yeah, Donald. It trails like, off. like Donald. Hey, Donald. <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, no, it's not Donald. Donald. It's yeah, not Sam Donald. Donald. Yeah, they say Donald. Like Donald. Donald. Yeah, Donald. 
Sam Darno. Hey, whatever the hell it is, anyway, I can't save I want somebody, for a like, is Sussman? Where's Sussman? Sussman's normally lingering. Is Florio lingering? I want to hear what other people Ling- are calling him. Lingering. Especially now that he's the quarterback of the Jets, too. Yeah. Would you say, think- uh, sorry, ask Florio first. I think now he's a quarterback of the Jets instead of uh, Dardole or Dardole. He's going to be called a jackass. Stop throwing interceptions. <laughs> what do you call hey, him, Florida? What do you call him, Florio? Darnold or Darno? Darnold. Darnold. Thank you. Yeah, that's Thank it. You. Yeah, but Darnold. You, you have heard sort of people sort of pronounce it like that, right? Like Darno? Yeah, and Darno, I, my thought is always that's the Mets catcher, and they're spelled completely different. Oh, Travis Darno. Yeah, Travis yeah that, he's got the he's got the Cajun spelling with yeah, the, see, the D apostrophe. Exactly. Yes, yes. See, that's a whole French different. Name. Yes, it's it a French Darno. Good call, Florio. Darno, and that's how it's spelled. Yep. Exactly. Good pronunciation, Florio. Good Florio work. Florio knows what time it is. Of course, is. he is. he does. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, I thought you were burning the crescent rolls there. Okay, the I, I like uh, some smoke. Uh, I liked your nickname for him, though. I, that's what I'm going to call him this year. What prick? No, no, no! Stop throwing, uh, stop throwing interceptions, jackass! Jackass! Yeah, jackass! Yes, jackass! Well, I figured that's eventually he's going to hear that at some point in time, right? Like it's in the honeymoon. Uh, the, the honeymoon is on now. Would you say? Would he you, hasn't thrown a damn pass Would you yet. save the backup quarterback for a dollar, though? If you could save six guys, like he's only a dollar. That's so cheap. Starts with an F, ends with a K. <laughs> FK! Son of a bitch. What a way to start the week. <laughs> On the plus side, we're already 20 minutes in. We should hey. just start the show at 420. Yeah, it's four, symbolic. It, it actually uh, it's a good point. 420 is the magic number. Yeah. should just start the damn show at, uh, at uh, 420. So um, yeah, we apologize for any technical, uh, technical uh, di- difficulties. Um, if we have another issue, if uh, we have another issue... Um, show's done. I'm going to smash everything, and uh, we'll speak tomorrow, maybe. Maybe. Let's see. That's a, we'll see. That's, that's the gist of it. I don't know, man. Inter- in the, you know, technology wants to play some, uh, play some games with us. All right, uh, so Mike Blewett's going to join us at about 20 minutes at time. Mike Blewett will step up into the Fantasy Sports Radio Network's very own uh, Mike Blewett. And uh, we got a lot to talk about uh, with Blewett, um, such as... The World Cup, as uh, France defeats Croatia in the World Cup, we got some NBA Summer League action. Glad I hedged out of that one, Marenzi. Used, used my, I used my noggin on that one. I'm like, this Croatia story's nice, but let's get real. I wish, uh, I wish I would have put more on France. Yeah, I did. I, I played France, but uh, the thing is, I'm not going to lie. The game being so early on Sunday morning kind of threw me for a loop. I had a few too many Sleemans and uh, yeah, vodkas yeah, really. yeah. the night before. I like the fact you got like a tradition going with the Saturday night show. It's uh, it's the alcohol show fueled by uh, Sleeman. Sleeman clear. Yeah, when you're on seven <laughs> days a week, you got to do something. I agree. I agree, Marenzi. Treat yourself. It's nice. Treat, no, you're right. Treat myself. <laughs> Have a couple. It's okay. I had seven or eight. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, I, I'm actually, you know, since your speech to me about drinking beer, I've really uh, toned it down too. I think I've lost a few pounds. 
Now uh, Ryan Hainzer actually stopped by on us. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, that's what that's what the I saw a call from Hainzer or whatever by my phone. I, I didn't know he was here. Yeah, I, well, I bet him uh, that you wouldn't answer if uh, he called you. Oh, you won the bet. He said that you, you and him were tight. I said you and him Wait, aren't that. Tight. No, we are tight. I just I do. I actually well, I, I saw my phone later on. I was like, why is this guy calling now? I was downstairs and it was upstairs. I had my own party for one, Moretzi. It's true. I, I like to indulge in so Hainzer. So, uh, yeah, our boy Ryan Hainzer, and uh, he called in last week trying to win the, the baseball tickets. A few days. He was loyal. He stopped uh, He stopped drinking beer. He did? Yeah, he stopped drinking beer, and uh, he's taken off like uh, 30, 30, 40 pounds or so. Oh, he looks a lot thinner. Yeah, he's much thinner. But the thing is, instead of beer, he's drinking vodka. Oh, that's probably not as good for and the dude the, drank yeah. like a massive like half gallon of vodka. So he's like talking about like how he's healthy now because he's not drinking beer. Uh, that's debatable. I told him, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> Switching vodka for vodka for beer is not really like. Yeah. I don't know if that's making you healthier. Actually, I gotta believe it's actually worse because beer's not really. Beer's got a lot it's of worse. It's way worse. Yes, yes, it is. Beer's got sugars and like if he's wheat. drinking vodka on a daily basis now instead of oh beer. Yeah, yeah li- liver vodka punches your liver a lot. I actually than beer. told him. I said you'd probably be better off just putting on a few pounds instead of like drinking a gallon of vodka every day. You get that sage <laughs> advice, Morenzi. <laughs> It's great. No, you're right. Yeah. Like you even told me, you're like even Joe six pack. You know, if you drink six beers a day, you're probably you're you're yeah, that'll add it, up. It's it's gonna add up over time. It's probably gonna take a couple years off your life. So yeah. I've even toned it down. I don't even like drink. I've been drinking once a week every Saturday night. Once a week's not bad. It's not bad. I usually drink. I used to drink almost every day, but I've actually I'm not even gonna lie to you. I've brought it down to a few days a week. Too. I don't do it. Um... And I don't drink on Saturday nights during the football season. No, because you got to be alert for Sunday. Alert. I'm all business Saturday night with college football, and I'm all business with Sunday NFL football. So these are like your dog days of summer with just baseball stuff. Once college football hits, you still got those night games, the Pac-12 games, and all the other stuff. I'll enjoy my Saturdays uh, for the next uh, couple of weeks leading leading into the fall. Exactly. In fact, this Saturday, the uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, play the uh, the Argos. Blue Bombers really let me down on the weekend. And uh, nice seventeen. Now, what, what are these guys? What are these guys doing? Uh, well, you might want to score again. What a pathetic performance! Like, hey, what a move by BC going to Lule. It wasn't really Lule. It was the way the Bombers played. They were brutal. Anyway, what are you going to do? Are you feeling down, Cam? Not really. You need, but you need some inspiration to uh, pick her up. Uh, I wouldn't mind. Here's Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world. Warren Buffett just tweeted out some inspirational, uh, some inspiration here. Why never to give up? Number one, you haven't tried anything, everything yet. It's true. Number two, you're closer to success than you think. Hope so. Not true. Not really. No. It's a lie, Warren. <laughs> if you don't finish, someone else will. That's yeah, uh, kind of. Right before success, there's a dark place. Mm. It's dark. Very, very, very bleak. If you give up, then what? Past failures do not predict the future. Warren Buffett, words of wisdom. For someone like Sonny Vega... Who, uh, Sonny Vega was, uh, you know, Sonny Vega, regular listener uh, to the program, yep. has, uh, has called in uh, before. Actually called in. In fact, Sonny had the answer, Jorge Posada. Oh, great answer. Yeah, when, uh, who was drafted right after Bryce Harper in the draft. People like that one. <laughs> yeah, well, he deserved the tickets <laughs> just for that. But uh, Sonny, Sonny Vega was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a couple of days, and uh, we're really glad he's out because now the guilt of me and Cam not going to see him in the hospital uh, isn't there. And I'd like to say Cam's a great friend for going to see him. I didn't see him, but we talked. We t- 
I told, I, I told Sonny, I said, listen, if you, if you don't get out of the hospital like early next week, we're, we're coming out. But Sonny Vega is out of the hospital. What's up, Sonny? Good Monday morning, good Monday afternoon, gentlemen. How are you guys? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Monday afternoon. I know afternoon. You're, in a, you're in a coma for a little while here, but uh, how, how you doing, Sonny? Now, how you feeling? I feel great, to be honest with you. I'm on uh, the hydromorphine. They kept giving me that in, uh, through the IV. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but um, Michael Jackson, that's the hydromorphine stuff through an IV. So I was taking like three milligrams every hour. The doctor let me take three milligrams every hour if I wanted to. So, uh, well, you know what? I was getting kind of used to it, <laughs> to say the least. It was pretty good stuff. It's pretty harsh. But, they still, uh, that's the pro- that's the problem, Gabe. They give you the good stuff, and then you get hooked on it. Why are you going to get that feeling again? I mean, that's what people. I always dangerous. Very I always, dangerous. I always hear stories about uh, people getting their their uh, their belongings stolen in hospitals. Really? Yeah, I think uh, somebody replaced Sonny's uh, cell phone. <laughs> what? What happened with my cell phone? <laughs> you just sound like you're well, in space. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds like you're very far away. Yeah, like too far. Weird. I think you're so high on morphine, you're talking to the wrong end of it. Well, why is it my fault? Why is it being your guys' end? A, there is a bit of a track record over there on your guys' end, huh? Yeah, fair enough, but no, it sounds like a phone. <laughs> Settle down, son. <laughs> That's what he said when he <laughs> came out there. It's our fault. You know, Listen, so essentially was... you're taking shots at Michael Florio. That's what yeah. you're doing. No, 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 no. Uh, Cam's, uh, Cam's clumsy feet over the cables. That was my shot there. <laughs> yeah, not, not today. Not today. Not today. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't move anymore. Not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. Listen, so what happened, Sonny? Was, so basically I saw you did yeah. a Periscope video where you crushed an entire um, a big uh, key line Ooh, pie. Key line. And uh, the next day you ended up in the hospital. So uh, what, what exactly happened uh, here? Right, so this key lime pie, it can only be eaten when it's defrosted within the 12 hours that it's defrosted. Like, I don't understand it, but, so it was past due. But because I spent $7 on the key lime pie, I'm stubborn. I said, no, no, I'm going to eat key lime pie regardless, right? Kind of like with Homer Simpson and the sub, if you got in the hoagie, if you guys remember so you're, that you're, This is like a, it's like a story. This is like a service announcement for people. <laughs> you can't eat a key lime pie like that's old. Basically, what I'm saying is pay attention to the due dates. Pay attention to the expiry dates, people. These are very important things. So this key lime pie was expired. However, I was adamant about eating it, and so I went hard on it. Like I said, I promised I was going to eat the whole thing. I was looking forward to it for a couple of days, and sure enough, I ate it Monday night. Tuesday morning, I couldn't take it. It would hurt to cough. It would hurt to cough. And I was in there for a week, Gabe. I was in there for about six and a half days, not just two days. So you're telling me after defrosting the pie, you have a 12-hour window to eat the yeah. pie or else it becomes toxic? What the exactly. hell's going on here? Oh, did, did the doctor right, bring right. up your yeah. excessive alcoholism at all? No, it was mentioned, yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what's that? My yeah. speech. <laughs> You do what? What are your hobbies? Gambling, doctor. Oh, okay. So <laughs> check, check, check. Right, exactly. But um, we don't live a very healthy lifestyle. <laughs> yep. Did you mention your alcoholism? <laughs> Brent, <he's> like, <laughs> 
sorry. You just cut like a knife game. It's <laughs> right, a right. slice. Was it the key lime pie? Well, I, you know, I don't want him to get too personal yeah. on the air here. Like yeah. that, but what, yeah. what happened? But so no, Well, happened. the key lime pie triggered it. This is what happened. And the doctor asked me, he goes, did you have something very high in cholesterol, very high in calorie last night? Did you, what, what did you eat? And I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him I ate uh, probably like 80% of a key lime pie. I'm not going to tell him that, right? And I said, yes. And he goes, this is definitely what triggered this, and we're going to look into it. So they ruled out some of the – they ruled out a few of those uh, big C words, but there's a few that they haven't ruled out yet. So I'm waiting for some more tests to be done and some more test results to come in, and we'll see. We'll take it from there. You know, God, I, did, I do think you. I overstayed my welcome there a little bit. You know, at one point it was kind of hard to even get a cup with ice. Asking a nurse was kind of intimidating sometimes, you know. Actually, but I gotta uh, get that. Uh, I gotta get that procedure done. That um, cystoscopy, whatever it's freaking called. I don't know. I had to Google it. No cystoscopy, whatever. Uh, if you Google tube in the dick procedure, it'll come up. I'll tell oh, you. How I, I had one when I was younger. Mine was in the other side, though. It was in my ass. Yeah, that's not as bad. No kidding. Yeah. No, the one, the, the one in the front would hurt yeah. a lot more. Mine, mine was for my gastro problem. Good I have a spastic colon. Actually, sorry, Sonny, I got the same thing. I got a doctor. I had some bad blood work. I got to go uh, see him on Friday. It's not, uh, it's not fun getting older. My blood work came out perfect. So really? Even the, doc- scratch- yeah, even the doctor's scratching his head. See, I so actually, you're like one of those mysteries. That's crazy. I wanted yeah. to actually uh, challenge Cam, too, but I'm scared we're going to put him in the hospital now. What, to a, to a pie-eating contest? No, basically I was going to uh. save all my um, over-expired food. I ate your cheese. And challenge, uh, <laughs> and you know, challenge, is it good or not? Sort of play a game show. It sounds like fun. Is it still good? <laughs> Will you visit me in the hospital? Is it still good? <laughs> we'll play the game. <laughs> I can't know. I always take a cam, Sonny. Like I was. Yeah. I, I always eat expired. Stuff. I have like a slide, like a slice of, you know, a couple of slices of pizza that are in there for like six days. I'm, I'm throwing oh, them out. No, don't throw them out. And I'm thinking, you know what? Cam would probably eat this, but for his own safety, I'm going to throw this out, you know, but... Uh, There's a window of time, I think, that people really worry about, and it's not as bad as you think. It's usually about a week. Well, I've heard... People start to I panic know for after a, fact, a day or two. They actually add, like, a week to this for legal purposes. Like, yeah. they don't want like people... they're not allowed to sell you... Pro- like, not, yes, they don't want yes. people dropping dead because you, you ate the thing two days. Great you, you ate Oreos two days after no, the expiration. You're right. Day, I right? went to the store to buy bacon, and it was like one day past, and the lady actually called the manager. He said, sir, you can't buy this, not even with the 50% sticker. Like, they're liable. They can only put those 50% up stickers up to the day. Once it gets past the day, they're liable. You could sue them so if you, you get know, sick. You know the uh, the Korean store that uh, oh, we yeah. went to? My uh, bad lighter guy? Yeah, yeah the yeah, guy Shitty showed, lighters. Yeah, yeah, he's selling... Uh, uh, half half lighters or something like that, but says she a nice kid. But I don't know if he's trying to kill me or not. He told me uh, he goes, hey, uh, he goes, you and your buddies want some expired beef jerky? And I was thinking, no. <laughs> like, is it Jack? Yeah, like, is it Jack Links? Yeah. No, yeah, I'd say yes. Yeah, it's, it's the good expired. stuff. And he was crushing it's beef jerky. Though. He was crushing it, and uh, he goes, "You know, it's past due, but this stuff is good forever." That's exactly. And he that's goes, "I'm the just point. if you want some, I'll give it to you." Sonny, you got to be on my side. But the jer- jerky is made through like it's supposed to be. It's aged. It's smoked. You don't have to worry about the dates with that stuff. Yeah, if I was Sonny, take it to space. If I was you, Sonny, I'd be watching the, the due dates very, yeah, very closely. Now, now he's got day. to now. Well, that's I wouldn't even drink lemonade if I was you. <laughs> I always do. I don't meet. I don't even play around with. But dude dates, I always watch. No, 
No doubt about it. But this one was on me. I read the instructions. I read the directions. But still, I was stubborn. I paid $7 for this key lime pie. It's going down my mouth. And look where, look where I ended up in the hospital for a week. The pain was unbelievable. And you know what? Up until yesterday, my roommate, great Jamaican old man. But then I'm thinking to myself, hold on a second. This guy's 85 years old. And I'm in the room with this guy. Like, what floor am I on, really? And I thought he was in for a broken leg all week. Up until yesterday, I find out he's in there for a stroke. He's in there for a stroke. Now, you know me. I'm like, what, 25 years old? In the same room, on the same floor with people that have strokes and stuff. I'm like, oh, my goodness. See? So it's all fun and games when you eat a key lime pie at first, but you end up being in the hospital for a freaking week, right? Well, Sonny, we're glad. Uh, we're glad, glad you're back in action. We're glad. Uh, so have you started betting yet? Oh, of course. I was betting in the hospital. What else am I going to do? The Wi-Fi was excellent. And I'll tell you what, I ended up leaving the hospital up money. So it was a good visit in those terms. So you can That's focus. good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. get get the the yeah. world's problems outside. Yeah, good call. I hit a nice I hit a nice parlay. I tweeted out uh, about half an hour ago last night. It was really good. The World Cup was nice to me. Near the end, it wasn't that good, but I did well. Yes, uh, yesterday with France. But uh, let me ask you guys something. Who do you think the top four uh, World Cup teams were in this tournament? Obviously, France number one. The top four World Cup teams. Yeah. What? How they finished? Yeah, how power ranking. Out of the uh, Belgium, I would put up there. I would France. be uh, France, Belgium, Croatia, England. Croatia, man, those guys worked their asses off. It's actually it was, it was. I had money on France, but man, that team they just they hustle and hustle. But don't you think they would have lost to Belgium as well? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think yeah. I think France. Yeah, I, I can. France uh, was the best team. Their star showed. We'll up give Croatia. Team. You got to give Croatia the benefit of the doubt yep. for getting to the final. But I think Belgium was the best team that didn't win. Like yes. if Belgium would have beat France, they would have beaten Croatia. Exactly, too. I agree. But they did No, but they exactly <laughs> they didn't. They did it. They Sonny, didn't. It's great to have you out of the hospital, buddy. Don't be a stranger. And uh, next time we have a contest, uh, feel free to call in. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, boys. Catch you on Twitter. We'll Take you, care, Sonny. Get your Hori Posada yeah, jersey. See, even okay. Taylor says, Gabe, I would have taken all the jerky. See, don't worry about – got to worry about creams and milks and stuff like that. Don't worry about things that take time, like, to, to create. Like, jerky is meant to be – don't worry about an expiry date with jerky. You can go months past on that stuff. Now don't worry about it. No, I knew a guy that worked for Jack Lynx. He, he, no, trust me, they give me expired jerky. I've had it before. It's no problem. Cam, I think we do enough gambling in our lives on sports. Let's not take our chances with meats, okay? Okay, Good point, Sonny. I never went to the hospital yet, but I've been playing with fire for a long time. I remember I was making a chili, and I left the beef, well, we I left the beef sunny, out. Yeah. Hang up, he's lingering. That's how we're trying to make a call on the other line. Gabe, I'm brutal, too. I remember I left out a big thing of hamburger, and I remember, and I was like, mm, you know what? It's been in, in the, the place for a really long time, and I still used it, but that was probably stupid. Just trying to save 20 bucks to make chili. Like, I shouldn't do that stuff, but... I, I, I'm a real gambler when it comes to uh, meeting times and stuff like that. That's one way I really go for it. Very stupid, though. One day I'm going to pay the price like Sonny. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I wish you saved that pizza, though. Yeah, we all end up in the hospital one day. That's a great point, Marenzi. Great point. I'm actually a little concerned now. It's been a little while since uh, I visited a hospital <laughs> on my own behalf. You actually told me, though, some of the, the meetings that you had went pretty good when you uh, added more water to your diet. Right? Well, I don't know. Like, 
I imagine. I'm like Mr. Burns. I got like 99 things wrong. Yeah, but just, they, they just can't get through the door. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not big on checkups. Like, no, I got to go. I got to go on. Like basically. Uh, I'm scared. I'm really scared, to be honest with you. If I have a severe pain or something's going on, then I'll deal with it. But uh, actually, I just look at it. So, you know, no I, news is good news. That's the way I look at things. I actually just changed my doctor. All the guy wanted was golf picks and stuff like that. So, like, I'm going to a guy that doesn't care about, like, gambling and stuff like that. I need a guy to, like, read my blood work, not care about, like, hey, who do you got uh, in the pool? I think you need a team. Yeah. <laughs> you need a team of physicians. Studying just you. That's a good point, Gabe. You got to get that uh, that golf ball dealt with in your stomach. Though. Yeah, it's getting it's kind of lingering a bit. Yeah, it's it, I, I don't know what to do. I really I don't want to get it uh, to carve it out, but it's gonna have to happen. Mike Blewett's gonna join us. Nice. <laughs> Home run derby. We'll run through the odds. Got some good angles for you here too. Game time decisions. Ready for radio continues. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Time to stage it's Ready for Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network Home Run Derby. When I look at the Home Run Derby for betting purposes, I think the uh, the for me personally the best way to approach it is I'm looking to just take the uh, the longer shots. Yeah, take dogs. I agree because it's it is just so random. And this year, too, there's no judge. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got Bryce Harper at 250, but what about Aguilar? Muncie, he's hit a lot of home runs and low at-bats, too. Like, you know what I mean, Gabe? There's no – it's not – this is not a who's who of, of hitting right now, right? It's a very interesting field, and Harper at plus 250 is not enough. I don't care if it's in Washington. Let's bring in uh, Mike Blewett uh, right now. Talk some World Cup, uh, all-star all-star festivities. It's, uh, we're at the unofficial halfway point of the Major League Baseball season. Mike Blewett, Fantasy Sports Radio Networks, joins us. What's up, Mike? How you doing? What's going on, fellas? Obviously, uh, a nice little break in the proceedings here for baseball. I'll be watching the home run derby tonight. It's become more entertaining than the actual game, so I'm excited to watch a little bit tonight. You know, they've done a nice job. I, I used to find the home run derby annoying. It was too long. Back, back, I agree. And back, 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 it was back, too, back, back. Yeah, it was too Chris Berman-ish. Back, back. Um, but uh, now that Berman doesn't do it, right? I don't believe yeah. he does it anymore. And nope. uh, the festivities are quicker. Like, it's crisper. Yeah, yeah. They, you know what it was? I think it was years ago. You can correct me, Mike, but I believe it was the year it was raining. And, or they were expecting heavy rain. And they basically oh, stated, filler. They basically stated, listen, we got to shorten this a bit. Instead yeah. of, you know, it used to be like five minutes, and they said, you know what, let's shorten a little bit because of the rain. And then there was a much, much better flow. But 
the home run derby, I remember last year it was fire, and it's almost replaced the, you know, the slam dunk contest will always sort of have that, the, you know, the street cred, and everyone loves the slam dunk contest, but the home run derby, as far as all-star exhibitions, is is really, really come on right now, and it's entertaining, and uh, there's drama in it, the players care, it's actually, you know. It's more watchable than the game, Gabe. It's become yeah. more watchable than the game itself because the game is a bastardized version of baseball with well, thirty I'm, I'm two guys or whatever down, on each roster. <laughs> so settle down. Let's settle down here. Settle down. I usually agree with you here, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to uh, we'll, we'll get to the base. We'll get to the all star game. Well, that... I can t- I can tell you though specifically they were getting to the point. The derby itself was getting to the point where it's interminable. I actually went to the one at City Field where Cespedes put on a show. It was about 100 degrees out. He's launching home runs at a ridiculous pace. I think he hit 27 in one round. And it got to the point where it's like, all right, you're already through. Can we can we just end this part of the show? It was, an, it was a preliminary round. It wasn't even the finals. Like, let's get to the finals. So it ends up being a three-hour home run derby, which isn't the point of it. You want it to be fast-paced, see a whole bunch of guys get up there, see what they can do. And then find a winner, but keep it under two hours, even with all your TV breaks. Right, let me yeah, check. I'm, I'm going to check StubHub yeah. right now, actually. I was going to ask you, Mike, when, when, when we watched it last year with Judge, and uh, he put on the damn, damn beautiful show. But it also it's also nice to see a guy like Justin Bohr, people might not know, like the yeah. Marlins. And he was absolutely on fire. So, like, you can look at the young players, like Aguilar, Muncie, you know what I mean, Hoskins. There's a lot of these guys that could get on the radar with a nice performance tonight. And uh, it put Bohr on the map. I totally agree. And it's always fun to have a hometown guy in there. Obviously, Washington, despite him having a terrible season thus far, they have a superstar that happens to be playing tonight. And, you know, Freddie Freeman is known in baseball circles, but he's not a national star like he should be, as good as he is. He ends up leading in the all-star vote getting, but that's because the Braves are having a good year. They're dealing with good attendance. In a normal year, Freddie Freeman might not get as much publicity. Granted, he's had some injuries as well, but he might not get as much publicity as he would during an event like this. All right, so the cheapest ticket to get in is $280. Two eighty. Ooh. Uh, that sounds expensive. And the I mean, I was on the arm when I went, so I wasn't plunking down <laughs> 280 to go to City Field to sweat my, uh, uh, my butt off. Game, I want to see how back. much it is for the game. Like, let's compare. The game will be more. It's the same. Exactly two eighty. It's in the same. It's it's a little. It's two hundred ninety nine dollars for the cheapest ticket to get in. Right. Do you guys now. remember when they had the skills competition? Maybe they could add something to the home run derby, make it a, a, a fee, like a festival, like add more stuff. That'd be pretty cool. It already is. What do you want? I mean, what do you want to see? Yeah. yeah. What do you want to add? I don't know. More more events <laughs> instead of just home runs. You just want that to see guys cool. like throw throw people out. They want like a tag up. <laughs> guys tagging exactly. up. Everybody getting hurt on a plays of the place. What's your yeah, idea? That's a good, that's a good what, point. What, what skill? Yeah, you really can. I don't know. Just no, actually, you know what they, they, they used to do skills not, back in the day. No, they didn't. They did. They did. They had mini skills competitions stuff. They have the minor league stuff. They did. They did. That's blew it. I'm unfamiliar with this. I'm unfamiliar with this. I really am. I had no skills. I was at the All Star Game in 1982. There was no skills no? competition. I don't know. I must be losing my mind. I thought they did. I thought they had that like mini <laughs> stuff, like throwing hard and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> it must be nuts. 
crossing wires with the NHL skills competition. Yeah, yeah. You must be talking about like the MTV Softball League or something. <laughs> celebrity <laughs> Softball League. <laughs> well, your fellow Canadian is calling that celebrity game. They're airing it tonight. Oh, Adnan is it, Burke. Uh, oh, Adnan Burke. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We used to work with him. Yeah, yeah, Huge movie buff, too. Yeah, we're buddies with that. Yeah, we used to work with him, Mike. He's an interesting well, guy. Well, Dan Showman's actually Canadian, too, to be honest. Uh, from yeah, from Toronto. Right. You know what? Like, it's actually not a bad idea, though, Kev. I can give you that. Like, um, I just no. I just I, you I, could I, test who has the strongest arm from the, the outfield. There could yeah. there could be some things. You but. can't do it with pitchers because of the of today's society and stuff. It makes total sense. But no one, no, like these guys don't even want but, to play in the game for a long. Well, your time. point was kind of defeated in the sense that we were just talking about how popular it is, and there's three hundred dollars to get in. Yeah. I just wanted so they to kind of don't really need that. Like, they yeah. already sort of have a festival I understand. of things. I just, <laughs> I just like the buffet aspect. Gave more value. It, is, it sort of is. Yeah. Like already. <laughs> uh, it's a, it is pretty expensive. It already <laughs> That is the skills competition. You're right. <laughs> you know what's crazy, though, Mike? In, um, in, uh, in Japan... They do the whole thing. They have a bunting skills See, competition. I, yeah, well, they've lost so the art of the bunt. I'll give you there this. You go. I'll stand up for Cam here. In Japan, they do have a skill because they care about the fundamentals. That's they why. actually have defense where they hit ground balls Ooh. and guys like field them. I like it, but they take pride in their defense. They have a bunting skills competition That's... where, like, they put boxes on the field and they're like, That's a fantastic... and they can but, like they can show. See? I can bunt it anywhere you tell me. That's to bunt a it. great idea. How <laughs> quickly would the players' association say yeah. no to that? And I guarantee yeah, I to you, Chris, like uh, Chris Berman. What's he going to be doing? Bunt, 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 bunt. Good bunt. Bad bunt. ESPN, ESPN would think it was like an April Fool's joke, Mike. Imagine yeah. like in negotiations in a room. And like, hey, guys, listen, we thought it'd be great. We'll have, we're going to add a bunting skills competition to the derby. And like ESPN would be like, no, I like, I like your, no, no, we're not. I like your outfield arm and bunting. Yeah. Great ideas. I think they're fantastic. Well, I know this because I know uh, that, um, and we're going back a ways, but I know Mike uh, remember these guys. You remember Dave Parker, yep. the Cobra? Of course. And uh, so Dave Carp, uh, Dave Parker with the uh, the, the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. He was also on the Reds mm-hmm. after, but he's basically a pirate on that. We are a family team, yeah. etc. But he had one of the best arms of all time. Great, Absolutely. great arm. And if you, you remember the right fielder for the Expos in that era, Ellis Valentine. Yeah. Yes. Ellis Valentine also like known as one of the best arms in the game at the time. And. They used to, before the games, when the Pirates and the Expos would play, they would do it themselves. Like, during BP and stuff, like, they would go and they'd both stand at the warning track. And they would say, all right, man, throw it the home plate. No bounce. Let's go. And they would do it. And then the other guy would, like, it was pretty cool. They'd have their own competition, actually, uh, in, in the old days. Guerrero, Vladimir Guerrero had a cannon for an arm uh, Oh, as he well. sure did. Cespedes, a current-day player, Cespedes is a guy that used to show off like that, and even Yasiel Puig in a couple of scenarios yep, has done yep. that as well. Yeah, and it, it pisses him off because even Vladimir Guerrero would do it, and it's cool, but you're supposed to hit the cutoff, man. It's like, yeah, it yeah. looks cool. You just threw from the warning track, no hop to the yeah. catcher. It's like it would have been faster. <laughs> like, if you give it to the cutoff. Yeah, guy. like that's yeah. the whole, like I remember when Frank Guerrero used to do it to show off and just, he, you know, Guerrero used to try to throw guys out with um, at first, though. Like, they'd single to first. Oh, yeah, he'd get quick play. Yeah, yeah, like he'd, but yeah. younger, like, basically they thought he was breaking the code, Mike, when he would do that, right? They're basically, they told yeah. him, you can't do that. Like, what are you doing? Like, 
It's a single, bro. Well, we just stop trying to throw them out at first. Like it pissed everyone off. Because I like his style, though. No, but they look at it, Cam. Like I do too. I like it. Do you look at it like that, Mike? Like he's trying to show you up. There's that the unwritten rules of baseball book increases tenfold every year that I follow the sport. So I'm good with it. I say throw the guy out if he's too slow to get there. I'm with you. Baseball is the one sport. Oh, so many unwritten rules. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know what I mean? It's after a while. It's like loose. There was one earlier this year where Brian Dozier was talking about a rookie who uh, bunted down a third base line in late in a game that they were leading by a few runs, but they had the shift on him. So he bunted the other way. And Dozier had a problem with the Orioles rookie that did that. <laughs> if you have that. a problem with it, take the shift off. Exactly. Like that. That's a smart base. Dozier basically said he's supposed to hit her to the shift. <laughs> you know, like, exactly right. You know what's funny? Take the shift uh, off. I'll and I got, I got a huge laugh out of the irony of this. So, um, God, I wish I knew the kid, Mike. You, you, you seem to know everything. So there's a pitcher on the uh, – he's a young kid, pitcher on the Cardinals. And Bud Norris – is terrorizing them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this story the other day. Yeah. So, like, uh, oh, yeah, that's, the oh, yes, 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 yes. Like, basically, hey, kid, hey, you know what I mean? Like, it was a Weaver. I'm trying to think who it is. It's, you know, it's not Luke Weaver. It's, it's just, Nicholas. it's constant. It's not Nicholas either. It's constant in which just the old, we're teaching them the right way. We're teaching them the rules of Major League Baseball. And, hey, kid, don't smile. Get to the park here. What are you doing? Come out and drink with us. Do this, do that. And the player actually, like, is not happy. He's like, whatever, man. And Matheny's like, oh, it's funny. He goes, you know, hey, hey, you know, you wouldn't believe what used to happen in the old days, you know. And, oh, everyone's so soft now. And I just got a big chuckle out of it that basically, and, you know, Matheny had a lot of I think it's Jordan Hicks. Is is it Jordan Hicks? Jordan Hicks. Yeah, Yeah, good call. Good call. Thank you. It's Jordan Hicks. And I think it's funny that basically everyone knows that it's like, dude, Bud Norris is just terrorizing this kid all the time. And the kid, kid, Hicks is good, too. He doesn't need this crap. And yeah. Matheny did nothing about it and sort of laughed about it. So I got a good kick out of it when Matheny got fired. And I was thinking, well, Matheny, I mean, hey, that's just old school baseball, isn't it, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hicks, hand, Hicks has handled it well in the press. But it, uh, clearly, when a kid is 21 and the 33-year-old closer is riding all the time, it's not old school football locker room stuff the way Joe DiMaggio or in baseball stuff the way Joe DiMaggio treated Mickey Mantle. These guys don't really like dealing with it that way. It's a different generation. They react differently. You're Bud Norris. It's like, who the hell That's are right. you, Bud Norris? You know what exactly. I mean? That's right. How many teams have you been on? So, <laughs> to, you know, to, to ride the guy every day, to say that you're trying to whip him into shape, I understand a veteran taking you under his wing, but if the stories are coming out that he's basically bullying him in the locker room, there's not much of an appetite for that these days in any venue, in any industry. So uh, for these stories to get out is an even worse job, uh, and I'm sure some players are probably leaking it to the press. And you know what? Matheny was on, uh, he was on a short rope before all this I stuff. I guarantee so. you now Matheny's got it changes yeah. too. It's, it's going to yeah. change. I think Norris probably sees this and, hey, oh yeah, we used to be funny. It's not yeah, going to be yeah. funny anymore. We just got a manager fired. I'm, you know what I mean? I yeah. got to worry about myself and stop. Uh, stop picking on this kid. Stop picking yeah. on this kid. Yeah, Jordan Hicks uh, is the kid. Interest, interesting dynamic. Listen, this stuff happens, and you're right. Players are different now. And 
you know, I remember Frank Robinson told me he told Guerrero to stop swinging at um, at one hop pitches and pitches over his head because Guerrero could hit anything and everyone like, oh, yeah. it's so cool he can swing and hit anything. And Robinson just told him, dude, you'll be even better if you get more selective. And he was trying right. to explain to him, and you know, Frank Robinson was an MVP in both leagues, exactly. the only guy ever to do it. You're going to listen to somebody. He's yeah, you figure to that. To okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Guerrero looked at him and told him, I don't understand what you're saying, and walked away. And and I love Vladimir Guerrero, so I don't even like yeah. telling the story, but Guerrero looked at him and basically stated, like, eh, no Angles. And, like, said, I don't really yeah. understand what you're saying to me, and walked away. And two days later, <laughs> two days later, <laughs> Robinson got a call from Guerrero's agent. And it was basically Vladimir would be more comfortable if you didn't talk to him in the at the batting cage. <laughs> wow! Right. right. So, <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's so basically ago. like Robinson was told, "Don't talk yeah. to him, okay? Just you know what I mean? Just don't talk to him." <laughs> like that was yeah. Vladimir would be more comfortable if you didn't like didn't talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as insight as to how things were going to go uh, for the modern baseball player and manager relationship that that happened 20 plus years ago at this point and i'm sure it happens in even odder ways now they probably communicate the agent probably doesn't even call they probably just text or shoot somebody a dm to let them know what their player is thinking you know that's you know how about the story i show you heard this in st louis too mike with fowler so fowler leaves he hated matheny too Dexter yeah. Fowler and Matheny. Not, oh, he uh, hated it. People, people yeah. are booing. When the yeah. Cardinal fans are never boo, they're all over Fowler all the time. And I guess Matheny used to send out text messages before every game with the starting lineup. And it would be the text message, and it would be like an inspirational quote. <laughs> and I guess Matheny found out because he could tell, but Fowler blocked him. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> blocked manager. Yeah. He blocked like his phone. Wow. He blocked the tweets and and he didn't deny when asked. He basically said it. I don't. He goes. I don't need to see any like inspirational shit, man. He goes. I see the lineup when I get to the park. Like f off. Like basically, yeah. he's like, I don't like Matheny. Like he didn't even hide it. He's like, yeah, I blocked him. Like yeah, I don't like him. Like essentially. So I got to tell you, there's probably a lot of people in that Cardinals room that aren't. They're, they're not crying. Exactly. Matheny. That's why they probably fired well, them. Hey, they, they realized that. By the Reds, they go and win the yeah, last game with they the new manager. They weren't winning. Yeah, it's, it's the it's, players. You're not getting along with a lot of players in the room. You're proud organization you can't be like that they were underachieving they had to do something i saw the story too uh, mike that uh, they could have hired terry francona francona would have taken a job i mean that's a huge swing and a miss right there but you know they had a guy that was with the organization for a long time to your point it had kind of run its course they had some success initially but uh time for a change they're not the type that's going to shuffle along at 500 and be okay with it. They're trying to make the playoffs every year. All right. T-Bone tunes. It's actually a Cardinal uh, fan. And, uh, you know, I know you, T-Bone, you're, you're in Denver now, so you're more of a Rockies guy, but I know you were no big Matheny fan. Neither was I. Cardinals have cost me a lot of money this year, actually. They pissed me yeah. off this team. <laughs> they lose to the White Sox. Dude, they they get smoked by the Reds. They're they, a bad favorite. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Game Time Decisions. Ready for Age Radio. I'm Gabriel Renzo alongside Raging Redhead Cam Stewart. Let's talk about the uh, Fantasy Exclusive. You want to win your fantasy football uh, league like yep. the fantasy executive? You simply uh, go to the very best source of information you can find, and that is rotoexperts.com senior writer Jake Seeley. It's an undisputable fact. No other fantasy football analyst in the industry is a better player, ranker, and accuracy expert than the all-in kid. In 2017, Jake Seeley was the number one draft accuracy ranker in the entire industry is verified by fantasy pros. And has been a consistent top three ranker throughout his distinguished career. Well, really pouring it on uh, thick here yeah, for yeah. Jake here. I wish they'd say those things about us, pal. If you want the best, <laughs> you got to go with the best. Get Jake Sealy's 2018 Fantasy Football Package and uh, rankings now in the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter promo code WINNER at checkout uh, for a special discount. <laughs> Check it We have write ups. Discount. Who wrote this? Jake Seeley? Maybe. <laughs> Got to be somebody. It's, it's not, not him. It sounds like, it sounds like Barry Horowitz. No, no, no. Jake, Jake Seeley is a great He's the accuracy expert. He's he the accuracy expert. Great, uh, great ranker. He, he and, may have uh, ghost, ghostwritten it for someone. Yeah, and Cam, Cam, Cam has uh, something uh, to say to uh, to me and Mike Blewett. Yeah, first of all, uh, yeah, baseball guys that had a, a, a turn back. To 1989, Major League Baseball held a skills competition that went beyond the home run derby. There were catchers, relay throws, of course, dingers, no video. It was possible. It wasn't even televised, but they have evidence it existed. They had catchers who scored points. Pena had 21. Remember Santiago? He tossed four through a hole and a target six times. Steinbeck and Tennelton were able to throw the ball to the target between them it says being completely honest this version of the skills competition seems a little bit of a snooze but i'm all for catchers winging baseballs through a tiny hole but the rest of the competition featured a relay throw event and a home run derby that was suspiciously but be rate of home runs. Eric Davis only hit three. Bo Jackson won. And then after that, and what happened, Mike? They said they had a skills competition, but guess what happened in the arm competition? Barry Larkin said enough. He heard a pop and he got hurt. And that's why they've uh, gassed the skills competition from there. He made a relay throw and arm went pop. And then they said enough go. is sounds enough. Sounds like it was a smashing success. Yeah, it sounds, yeah. It's kind of, players getting hurt, not cool. Cam Stewart putting yeah. us in our place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Put, I think I think I think our intuition is on point, though. Sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> well played, Mike. All right. So as far as the home run uh, derby is concerned, so they basically have it as a bracket format now, right? Yep. Um, so this is what I'm when I'm looking at this, you know. So the way the matchups are, so we've got Alex Bregman versus Kyle Schwarber. Uh, we've got uh, Bryce Harper versus Freddie Freeman. We've got Max Muncy versus Javier Baez. And um, 
What's the other one? What am I missing? You're missing uh, Aguilar versus Reese Hoskins. Hoskins yeah. yeah, Aguilar versus Hoskins. So I was talking like when we went out to the last break here, uh, guys, about to me it's important like who's going to be pitching. Who's going to be pitching in these yeah, situations? Like not your cousin or your father. Like Aguilar's Bingo. bringing in a guy that actually he's worked with for like, a while. I, Good think, call. I think you're better off with your guy. With having the guy that uh, basically – Basically pitches to you regularly. I agree. That you're used 100%. to. 100%. And the two dudes that I almost sort of discount uh, here are are the two Cubs. Kyle Schwarber and Javier Baez. Who's pitching to, uh, to Kyle Schwarber? A real estate agent friend of his. <laughs> From Century 21, aren't they the sponsor? A real estate friend. Now, to the guy's defense, yeah. he played he played baseball at the University of Miami with Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, I got a buddy who played for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Who cares? Yeah, but you see where I'm going with this? Is Kyle Schwarber coming in this to win this? Or is no, he like, man, like I'm bringing had... my buddy in yeah. and, you know, I'm going to have like a couple experience. of beers after. We'll have, have a good time, yeah. right? All-star experience. You know, I don't yeah. know. It's not, you know, he's bringing in his buddy, essentially. All right, nice guy, but all right, fine. He's also minus 180. One of my favorite stories here, this is Javier Baez, in which uh, Baez's uh, brother will be pitching to him. Except it's not this get there. So uh, (laughs) Javier Baez asked his his brother if he was coming to the All-Star game, and he said, no, I can't come. I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice. And Baez told him, well, how about if you pitch to me in the home run derby? Would you come then? And he said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> so, I did have plans. So, yeah, like this wasn't long planned. The guy just, like, uh, agreed to come, like, over the weekend. <laughs> Basically, he said, you pay for my trip, I'll come. If not, I'm Yeah, not I know his brother. I don't know what his brother does for a living, but I guess he's successful and very busy. He's like, yeah. it's an honor that my brother can find time to come here. Oh. So... I don't know what the deal is there, but I'm just stating, too, that Baez doesn't have his normal rhythm. It's going to be his brother, right? Schwarber's got a real estate agent. And then, conversely, <laughs> we go down the list of, of different uh, guys. Um, Jesus Aguilar. I like that pick. Yeah, he's got the Milwaukee Brewers first base coach. Thank you. Who throws batting practice to him specifically during the, during the season. Carlos Subero. See, we're giving the insight that uh, no one else is going to give you. Robbie Cano, Robbie Cano, I remember, had his dad throw to him. Um, his dad was a good baseball player in his own right. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he was long since been retired. But uh, I remember his dad threw to him. So that was a unique one that I can remember. But his dad was an accomplished baseball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Bry- one Bryce Harper's dad, I believe, is going to be throwing to him tonight, too. Harper's That's had his cool. father throw before. Yeah. You know, the they father, probably got a father-son. You probably got chemistry because yeah, you've they've, done you know it before. I mean, especially Harper's dad's a big sure, sports yeah. dad. You know, he's throwing a million balls to it's his son, etc. I'm sure, yeah. I still prefer, though, the regular guy doing it. Now, how about this? This is some real insight here. I like Alex Bregman tonight because he's the longest shot to win. Four, uh, 14 you can to get one. him as high as 14 to 1 out yep. there. Yet, who's going to be throwing to him? Javier Bacramonte. Javier Bacramonte happens... Um, he is. Uh, he's, a, he's a coach with the uh, the Houston Astros. He throws batting practice uh, for the Astros. He has thrown in four different home run derbies. Like he's been around the league. This coach. So he's thrown to Andrew Jones and Jason Bay before, and Miguel Cabrera. So three times. This is his fourth time pitching 
in a home run derby. No nerves. No, it's not nice and easy. He knows same, just same how ball, to love it in trajectory. there. I like that. Yeah, yeah. The best pitcher ever, guys, was Todd Fraser's brother when he was in Cincinnati, even though they cheated. They had to change the rules because of them. He was throwing balls before the other balls were landed. Amazing. So, like, he would toss one up. Fraser would smoke it, and then, boom, he'd throw another one. one. There were, like, multiple balls in the air. They said, hey, like, after. And, you know, if you want to make it interesting, a skill competition, Mike, how about we make those damn kids in the outfield, like, no gloves out there? (laughs) I'm waiting for the first series. I'm I'm waiting for this serious injury. Oh, so uh, have I. Oh, yeah, there's I've, been, a, like, so many times that ball kid, right on top of the kid's head. A like, kid ran into yeah. another kid last year and yeah. got somewhat injured, but I'm a grown man, and I even played baseball pretty competitively and stuff. I wouldn't even want to be out there with Kyle Schwarber line, no. line drives out there at me. You know what no I mean? way. Not with, not with other people running around at my feet. That's the problem. These kids, it's if like I'm, they're playing 500 with your kids. 500 up. Everyone fights for the ball and stuff. Yeah. Say it's a hot liner. I know. At least they hate that game. Recipe for disaster. No, it really is weird that they have kids running around out there, isn't it? Well, you're not going to have adults. And you've got, like, the biggest sluggers yeah. in the game just crushing balls. Like That's true. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, John Carlos Stanton hit a line drive 120 miles an hour a couple of days ago. I, I don't think the 10-year-old son of a corporate marketing guy is the proper person to have out there shagging the liners. <laughs> so Alex Bragman's got uh, this, My, uh, Bracken- one man's opinion. Yeah, I agree with that one, one yeah. man's opinion. Uh, Freddie Freeman's got Braves infield uh, instructor Thomas Perez. Uh, Perez throws batting practice to him with the Braves. Uh, Hoskins, pretty cool. Hoskins is uh, bringing in the... Um, one of the minor, the minor league infield coordinator of the Philadelphia Phillies. That's cool. Because he helped him with his swing in the minor leagues. Nice. I like that. So that's pretty yeah, cool. That's like he's angle. throwing a bone back to a guy that helped him in his career. And Hoskins says he throws a mean BP. I've always loved his BP. So Hoskins has got a comfortable guy. I, I'm looking for any little edge I can get here, Mike, even though to me this well, is such a crap shoot. It is. Like, do you like anybody so the, tonight in so particular? The park, so the park itself is fairly symmetrical. However, I'm always going to bet on a lefty. Always. I would never bet on a righty going in, even if it's long odds. I just feel better about lefties over time having a little bit more of a home run swing. And we've seen it historically in the home run derby. A lot of lefties have won. Uh, there's some righties in there, too. Aaron Judge won last year and John Keller Stanton the year before. I just typically am going to lean towards a left-handed hitter getting it done. And right now, from what I see, the longest odds of a left-hander is Freddie Freeman, which means I'd have to bet against Bryce Harper in the first round. Um, so that's a tough one. But you could go Muncie at 6-1 to one or Schwarber at 6-1. to one. You get a little bit uh, shorter odds than Freeman. But... It's going to be one of those two, probably. I, I don't see myself betting against Harper in the first round. Um, I like, uh, think about Muncie is. I like Muncie. He's got 22 home runs and only 20, 225 at bats. Two a lot less at bats than the other guys. Like this guy's been a power machine. Like he's he's I, going I, against I think, Baez in the first round. Yeah. I'd feel really good about him getting past that first round. So Muncie's already into the semis, and then. You go from there. But th- that, that's the way I would kind of look at it. So Muncie would have to go against Harper or Freeman, so you get an upset there. And then he's likely to go up against a right-handed hitter because there's three righties on the other side. Schwarber's the only one on the other side of the bracket. So I'll go with Muncie at 6-1. to one. 
That's uh, I like that pick a think, lot. Yeah, I like Muncy too. The thing with Bryce Harper, he struggled this year, but he still does have twenty three home runs. Yes, yeah, he yeah. freaking get crushes the, groove, the ball. He's at his own his home park. He's going to be comfortable. He's been in the Derby before too. He, you know, I think he was in second place last year, right? He was a runner up. So like uh, he's been, or he was a runner up when he was in it. Like he's been in the Derby before. He's going to want to win. He is a competitive dude. I don't think um, I don't think he'll but you know fade with the. I liked Freeman too. I yeah. looked at Freeman's odds and Freeman's not a powerful that's, guy, that's, but he's a finesse guy that could get in a rhythm. You know what I yeah. mean? He can get into a rhythm, but. He's got a real tough matchup, man, against Bryce Harper coming out of the gate. He sure does. Do you buy in, Mike? Tough. Do you buy buy in, Mike, that the um, that uh, the home run derby ruins a uh, a hitter stroke? That it like it's a detriment to their game somehow. Some people believe it. Well, there's a few guys that have bowed out of the home run derby years after they, in Judge's case, he won it, and he still doesn't seem like he ever wants to do it again. Um, the famous Bobby Abreu, he sort of tanked after he won uh, one year, years ago. What year was that? 2005. He had a miserable season after he'd won the home run derby. I've heard guys like Mark Teixeira say that's just nonsense. It's guys looking for excuses. You should be able to get in and out of – you're going to be in and out of rhythms all season long. I'm of the Good belief, part in any I'm of the belief that it's ridiculous to even – I don't – Yeah, that's a like guy's batting practice. Yes. You do it every night. Don't give me this garbage exactly. that is changing your stroke. I've watched BP. You guys aren't, like, worried about your stroke. You're trying to hit the ball into the 13th deck. And to blew its point, over the, over, the, over the term of a long season, you come in and out of it all the time. Don't blame the damn home run derby. That's just the nature of baseball. Yeah, you know what it yeah. is. I mean, you're off. You're yeah, off for you're four off. or five yeah, days. Exactly. That's, your routine's been changed. It's not yes. the derby. That's right. That's exactly what Mark Teixeira said when he was asked about this this last year regarding Judge, because Judge went into a little bit of a funk last August. He was really bad for about a month. And Teixeira thought it was more, to your point, Gabe, about him having four or five days off. They're used to playing every day. They take four or five days off. Maybe they get a little bit out of rhythm. And the only hitting you do really during that is probably – taking home run derby swings so you got to get back into a rhythm uh, guys are generally in and out of the funks all the time the best hitters in major league baseball don't hit 315 for six months in a row they hit 350 then they hit 280 then they hit 345 then they hit 283 that's how it goes even the be- the most solid consistent hitters are still somewhat streaky by definition exactly and nobody's stopping these hitters from yeah. hitting a batting cage for the next true, five days. True, yeah, you can do whatever you want with your time off. Uh, as far as the All-Star game itself is concerned, I personally think it's the best one. It's weird, too, because when they when they added the, um, the home field advantage to the World Series, I thought it was ridiculously stupid. But I grew yes, into liking same. it. I grew into liking it. You know, and I was like... <laughs> really? Yeah, so now... now Why? Like, ah, it's not for home field anymore, but it's still cool. I mean... But I find it is the one game. It's the only All-Star game, and in my opinion, that they're actually trying 100%. Like, they, yeah. they really are. I mean, ask, you know, ask it, Pete Rose and you know, how much he tried in an All-Star game. And, uh, it's and the I most similar to the actual game being played during the course of the year. Football obviously doesn't do that. Basketball, they don't play exactly. any defense. And hockey, and same thing. Nobody's, li- nobody's lighting people up during the hockey All-Star game. Baseball is such an individualistic, stat-driven sport to begin with. And these guys are such egomaniacs, right? And they're such alpha male, A, you know, 
their personalities. When they go like these pitchers, they want to strike three guys out. Damn, they're in there right. for one inning. They're throwing heat. They're not like, oh, it's the all-star game. I'm not going to throw my arm out. No, no, no. Kershaw's going to throw heat. You know what I'm saying? Like Scherzer is going to get pissed if he gives up a run. Players that go up to they the box. They want to throw probably the least amount of pitches, but effective pitches. Players that exactly. go up into the box want to get a hit. Mm-hmm. They want to be the all-star MVP. They want to shine. Like, you know, you'll see a guy die for a ball. You know what I mean? They're not going to let it drop yeah. in. It's just, that's what's different to me about a fight. I like the all-star. I like I the, uh, the American League. Who do you like, Mike? Uh, I'm going AL as well. Thanks for the time, Mike. Always a pleasure. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Time flies by. We're sure it does. We'll talk more about the All-Star game and appear to be on the other side. Steiner Sports is the leading memorabilia provider for the New York Yankees, Rangers, Giants, Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Featuring hundreds of items from your favorite athletes, Steiner Sports is your source for the best sports gifts. Go to SteinerSports.com slash box and shop our collection of memorabilia boxes. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It's like Rage Against the Machine. Sure, right, right, like, all right, hold on. This, no, radio. this is killing in the name of. Right, isn't it? Killing in the name of. Yeah, then it switches up. Next part. Killing in the name of. Yeah, you got it. I think. <laughs> no, it is. I, I know. Is it Florio? Is it? I, it's got to be. I think it is. I bet on it. I like Rage Against the Machine, but it's just kind of tough without the lyrics. They all kind yeah, of the Bulls same. on Parade sounds dun, like dun, killing dun, in the name. That's kind of their thing. It's that formulaic. Big time. All right. Thanks to, uh, to Mike Blewett. Uh, for joining us on the program. So uh, we're going through the uh, the home run derby. He was surprised that you liked the all-star game when it meant size. So like, really? Really? <laughs> yeah, I was getting used to it. <laughs> it added, it adds something to it. it I'm, I'm kind of glad it doesn't have it, though. It's still it's still a good game. I don't, I don't, I don't need a team to get home field because of the all-star game. The game, it'll speak for itself. It'll be good. It, it crushes the other. You said it. It's just way so much better. Like the hockey all-star game is an absolute joke. The hockey Fast, all-star basketball, game is the worst. It, it is the worst out of them all. It, even the Pro Bowl is better. Well, they've I agree. gone, you know, the Pro Bowl, 
It's funny because the Pro Bowl has become a more and more competitive. They're starting to play defense all of a sudden in a few annoying. years. <laughs> it's annoying. I used to blindly bet uh, the over. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like the defense. No, I don't like the Pro Bowl now. <laughs> I used to love Sorry. the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl used to be a great. He had the license to print money. I used to love the Pro Bowl. I, the- I used to put man a few years. I put more money on the Pro Bowl than the Super Bowl. Like, well, why one, not? They didn't stop anybody. I put like five thousand dollars. <laughs> That's why I was so pissed. I put like <laughs> I put like four forty two hundred bucks on the Pro Bowl the year Baltimore and San Francisco were in the Super Bowl, and I thought it was going to be epic because I hit the Pro Bowl over, and I was like, man, I'm going to roll it all over on the Niners. And I ended up losing. Yeah, now, so but the power outage game. Yeah, yeah trust yeah, me, I know. Frustrating. I was with some San Francisco fans. Tough, but, tough, uh, tough day. But uh, yeah, now they actually they rush the quarterback and stuff. It's annoying, man. Like next year, I'll remember <laughs> they'll bet the under in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> now it's bet the under. Yeah, like there's no. It's just. <laughs> but the thing is, it's. It's half-assed, right? Like, they're playing defense, and they're kind of hitting you, but it, no one's really going full speed, but they, the defenses are trying now. They used yeah. to not try, and I don't know, man. The offenses used to just throw bombs. Now, now they're, they're like, now nickel and diamond. Yeah, yeah like, now they yeah. run the ball. I know. It's like 16, 13 Game's games. changed. And the commissioner loves it. He's, oh, now we've got a competitive pro bowl. They got pissed off because a couple of years ago, it started to get crazy. It was like, 49, 47, yeah, yeah. Was that Team Rice versus yeah, Team Irvin? Yeah, but the thing is, it was fun. Yeah. And yeah. the NFL got pissed off because on a few plays and stuff, guys, like on a few kickoffs, they were doing like multiple laterals. And I kind of like it. Yeah. They, why not? They it's were having to, fun yeah, out it's supposed there, to right? Be, it's supposed to be happening. Guys, they were throwing bombs on every play, and they were like, oh, it's not real football. You know, you got to play like it's a real game. And the players are like, whatever. And then finally, something clicked. And it was, you know what it was? That jerk-off J.J. Watt, actually. He was the one, man. There was one. Time for defense? Yeah, there was one Pro Bowl where he just started yeah. rushing yeah, quarterback. The quarterback. Like, he sacked the guy like <laughs> ten times. <laughs> and I was getting pissed off. I was like, dude, no one's here to watch you like sack the guy every block play. Him, block him. No, but the thing is, people go to the Pro Bowl to watch plays made. Yeah, not it's you. It's like, we get it, J.J. Like, you're trying. Like, J.J. was running hard off the side yeah. edge. And the guys on the line yeah, really they were, were just like, eh, Yeah, they go. were sort of like yeah. casually <laughs> until Boom. finally, like after like the sixth time, man, like they sort of clued in. Listen, J.J. Watt's like not going to stop tackling us. Like, he's he's playing for real here. Like, <laughs> that's amazing yeah, he's a competitive dude yeah, i give him yeah. credit for it, but it's annoying the uh the hockey that went to the three-on-three stuff yeah it's still it's, it's bad it's it's not cool and i don't want i'm not ragging on it just for the it's sake just, of ragging it, on it it just but, doesn't work hockey's no. one of those sports that the playoffs is where hockey you that's where you can? build your base that's where it's real and, and that's what separates is, it from other sports it's the players they don't know how to play it. I know. They look actually confused out yes. there, and they make a lot of bad plays. There's I no – they never play three-on-three. Three. If you're going to do on three-on-three, on three, you're better off doing it in half a size rink. I'm dead serious. Do a dead size rink, shorten it, and at least they'll know how to set up the yeah. blue line and tic-tac-toe plays. It's freaking awkward, man. The ice is massive. There's three of them. They, they don't even play with the guy that they're on the ice with. They don't really know how to handle it. Like, they're – they're in between. Like, they don't. Yeah. It looks confusing. For yeah, them they're confused. They're yeah. lost, yeah, it, basically. It, it, a lot of plays, like, they do back passes. The guy's not even no, ready for No, but even, like, it. growing up, like, NBA, you could do it. Two-on-two two or three-on-three. Yeah. Three. Everybody, if you played ball, everyone's played three-on-three pickup in, in, in a half-court setting. Everybody's played two-on-two. Two. Everybody's played one-on-one one in basketball. 
Hockey is different. Yeah. Well, the, 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 no the, one plays three no, on three. But in this hockey. is how stupid. This is how stupid the sport is. You have that little weasel in charge, right? And then you talk about let's change the shootout, and nobody wants the shootout. You could have implemented this three on three overtime for years and had guys get acclimated to it. Instead, oh, we're yeah, going to And they have the, these the little shootout. ten minute periods yeah, that are it's games. So, it's so it's stupid, like, man. I know the hockey. Like if you it's want, built, it's I can live game. with it. Go on four on four for the All Star game. They're used to playing four, four on four. four. Big time. They would actually fly around and score exactly. a million goals. Four and on stuff. four, they know. Because they know, okay, the defenseman's here, the defenseman's there, we're going to dump it in, we're going to chase, we're going to slap it in front of the net. They would have set plays, like, designed, right? Yep. On the three on three, they don't really have set plays, Cam. It's sort right. of chaos. Like, they have a defenseman, he's sort of like he skates up slowly with it because the other two guys, they sort of back up. There's no flow to it. It's just, it was, it's inconceivable. Well, the embarrassment of hockey is the way they treat they they should be doing another sports game we have overtime we have winners you know you have in football you get the ball the other team gets the ball whatever a hockey game is decided teams make the playoffs because of skill competition oh then they can go oh but everybody makes the playoffs everybody you know what they should have instituted this three on three with that little people on the ice the games would be short and don't tell me they're not playing like baseball 160 plus games they still have a, a schedule if me I and you prefer- were in charge I, I i'm telling you three on three I would is prefer, the only way to go. I would prefer if the NHL did what uh, MLS soccer does. And a great example is, so the MLS uh, All-Star Game's coming up. Yep. And um, they're playing against Juventus. They're playing a top world team. And it'll be Cristiano Ronaldo's Juventus debut last wow. year as well in the MLS That's going to be amazing. Game. Extra rates. raise a high, higher oh, profile. You're telling me. Now the world will be paying attention. Good point. Right? Because yep. the, oh, Ronaldo's playing in this game. His first his first appearance in the Juventus uniform is going to be in the MLS All-Star game. Yeah, MLS is like, everything's coming up MLS. So, they had 72,000 people yesterday yeah. in Atlanta. They're going to get, they fall ass backwards in a Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> it must be nice to be on debut. the board. Hey, guys. Yeah, yeah things hey. are going well for MLS right <laughs> Those now. Those are shareholders. But, uh, now listen. They should play up. Juventus, you're saying a, the best global team. Yeah, like Juventus is not going to... It's an exhibition game for Juventus. Yes. For them, it's They'll a... play some other guys. For them, yeah. it's an exhibition game getting ready for their domestic season. For sure. That's And they look at it like, hey, it's better to play, you know, high-profile exhibition yeah. game. Than they just stick around with the practice. Yeah, it yeah. puts pressure on yep. the players a bit to not embarrass themselves, et cetera, right? Yep. And MLS are going to bring it because they're going to want to be in a big Damn Italian right team. right, they will. Like, they they, they want to really bring it. So growing up when I was a kid, Cam, you probably remember this stuff. You're a little younger, but um, you might remember... Although the Leafs never did it because Ballard said, uh, I'll never let a commie play in the, in the garden. <laughs> Harold Ballard, the, the racist. Harold Ballard. The, the racist owner well, of the no, Leafs. Well, basically, so. <laughs> he was bad. In, in, he the late, in, in the late 70s yep. and into the early 80s, okay? In about the mid-80s or so. About yep. 83, 84-ish. There used to be a, a series. That's correct. That they would come. So basically it would be the Red Army. Versus the, from, from yep, Russia, the best teams. Moscow Dynamo would come. Correct. And the the Red Army team was the elite elite team. It was basically the Russian Olympic team. Yeah, Vladislav Tretiak, yeah. legends. But they were known as sort of the best team in the world, right? The Red Army, not in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So, who would they play? The Montreal Canadiens. And the Canadians would say, "Bring it on, let's go." Yep. Nowadays, you wouldn't do that. You'd be pussies. They'd be on. Oh, well, we can't do it. Somebody We're not playing locomotive. Oh, yeah, <laughs> somebody get hurt. Or like, it's like, no, no. Like they said, all right, let's go, man. Let's play. Red Army versus the Montreal Canadiens. Let's do it. New Year's Eve. 
and it became a tradition. Yep. I went to a few of them. The Canadians played every New Year's Eve, man, against. And one of the games, it was known. It was 2-2 tie. It's known as the greatest hockey game ever played. And it was Red Army and the Canadians, man. And they went as hard as possible. And they ended up in a stalemate. And it was just cool to see. Like the best team in the NHL it was Guy Lafleur, 1970. Like the, Steve Shutt and all those all guys. Those yeah, guys wow, man. those were good players. And they went 2-2. Stalemate. Yeah, no shootout. Tie. Yeah. Great game. Stalemate yep. after. Now, we should note the Canadians did sort of dominate them. Mm-hmm. Trechak was unbelievable. He's an amazing goaltender. Like Trechak, yeah, he was the best goalie in yep. the world ever, not, ever sure. to play in the NHL by far. Great call. And so Trechak was just incredible. And Ken Dryden was a little off. Mm. It was one of these deals that the Canadians had like 38 shots or 40 shots on goal, 42. It was one of those epic, like, Trechak stole the game, 2-2. Two, two. Russia had like 16 shots, but they scored twice. Dryden said after, I kind of, it wasn't my yeah. best night. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't my best night. And you, you, That was the yeah. night, that's where it came from, in which the Russian coach, after. Oh, Victor Tikhanov. After he said, he said, number 23, number 23, Canadians, Bob Ganey. He said, number 23's best, uh, best hockey player in the world. And that's, that was it. Like he said, Bob Ganey's the best hockey player in the world. Because Ganey was so good in that game and, like, back and forth offense, defense, and just all around. That's pretty high accolade. You're like telling he me. He told him, he said, Bob Ganey's the best the best all-around hockey player in the world, the Russian coach. And getting that praise game. from those guys was Especially, pretty good for yeah. you. Were well, he was a rampant communist, yeah. like, uptight, right? So, but anyway, so you had the big series. Now, of course, uh, there was a famous night when I know we got, like, a lot of historians listening to the show all the time. You guys always remember the dates better than I do and stuff, but... There was a famous night cam when uh, they played in Philadelphia at the Spectrum. And the Flyers went all goon squad. Yeah, against, yeah. <laughs> and the Russians split. They left the See ice. See ya. Yeah, we don't have to deal with this crap. Yeah, they were like, yeah. Yeah, this is past normal for an exhibition game here. But uh, the Leafs never played. Nope. Because Harold Ballard it's said, had, I will never allow any Russian to skate on Maple Leaf Gardens ice, any communists. Yep. He refused to allow them to play. It took forever to get the Russians out there. They had to wait for him to die, basically, before you get, like, Alex McGillney or any of these other guys. On, yeah, they never on the had a Russian team. on the team before. No, they did not. Not till, not till very, very late. They had Boris Salming, who's Swedes. They, yeah, Swede. they, they yeah. used to have Swedes. They never had Russians. Though. No, he wouldn't know. Exactly. He was anti Let's call it out for what it is. He's splitting race. The guy's a straight-up racist. Well, like, I, mean, I don't know. Like, I know dude, well, Eric Ballard was one of the worst owners in sports history. He's horrible. Yeah. For what he did to that franchise. Actually, Montreal, the way they're going right now. They're he going had, down the tubes. Ballard, um, yeah, there's some crazy stories about Ballard. Like, in his, his, epic, yes. his epic cheapness. My mom went to high school. Dude, he gave. With, like, yeah, different sides of the fence, obviously. But, yeah, the guy's always been a he gave, little bit off. He gave a, uh, a per diem to the players. Five dollars. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Like, Thanks, boss. No, I swear to God, like, you don't feel sorry for NHL players, yeah. but this is basically like in the 70s. Like the Leafs, like every other team got like $75. The Leafs got five bucks. And basically, like, so, couldn't even buy a combo. No, no, like the Leafs used to like eat fast food yeah. all the time and stuff they were because horrible. that's what they that's what they could afford. Yeah, like there was like a diner near Maple Leaf Garden. Ten nuggets like, for a dollar ninety nine. Yes. Yeah, like I was reading, I read a book about Ballard, and basically yeah. the players like people are like, man, the Leaf players are so accessible. They always eat at this place. Yeah, and Buddy right. said, I'm not accessible. I eat here because I have no money. <laughs> 
Those Ballard doesn't pass. <laughs> athletes. Yeah, Ballard. Like, <laughs> he had a lot of money. He was hiding money. Oh, no, dude. Like, <laughs> like that guy just hated to spend. He, oh, was, no, he like, was the epitome of frugal. Like, they stayed in the Heights. worst, worst hotel. Yeah, like, uh, the like, other guys yeah, were at the yeah, Hyatt. Like, they're at, like, a Motel 6. Yeah, like, no, no. They're like, they come stayed, on, Harold. They stayed in motels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, by the hour. They were a professional <laughs> hockey yeah, team, but yeah. they were staying in a motel. Basically, like, you're not staying at the Sheridan. Parkers and Johns are there. Just down from the Leafs. No, like his his cheapness. Oh, he's tighter than tight. His his cheapness. <laughs> Harold Ballard is the tightest. He was a crotchety old guy too. He wasn't very nice to anybody. He was just just brutal. Just here it is. A history. Brutal. Here it is. A uh, a history of Harold Ballard's villainy. <laughs> he feuded with family players, management, and the media, and even the Queen. <laughs> he once described his own daughter as a reptile. He called Russians parasites and barnacles who steal our money. <laughs> Ken Dryden uh, wrote of uh, Harold Ballard in his book, The Game. He's like a wrestling villain who touches the audience to make the next villainy seem even worse. <laughs> like, he really was insane. Like, uh... Wow. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> A history of Harold Ballard's villainy. Yeah, he was. Uh, no, he was. He, he was a bad, bad dude, man. That's that team was bad for a while. They were a laughing stock. I used to go to the games. They used to lose like fifteen to twelve and stuff. It was just they sucked. They the worst, worst team going. Man, they were awful. Here's the story going back to 1972. We're going back a ways. Leafs owner Harold Ballard convicted of fraud. <laughs> yeah, fraud. Oh yeah, fraud. Here it is. Did you know that Harold Ballard was sentenced to three consecutive uh, year terms in Millhaven Prison? He served one year. I didn't know that. After release, he said prison was like staying in a motel with color television, golf, and steak dinners. He claimed to have photographs of himself drinking beer with the guards and wearing one of their uniforms. In 1961, he was one of three principal owners of the Leafs. He took control of the gardens in 1971. He quickly developed a reputation for only thinking of the bottom lines. Hear this one with Roger Nielsen. For, he fired him, and then he hired him back, and he said, hey, buddy, you're so bad. He told him to wear a paper bag over his head yeah. for his first game back as coach after rehiring. And then he, said, he didn't wear the paper bag, but he fired him anyway. Like, he's just, he was ruthless and relentless. In 1965, the Beatles were scheduled to play at Maple Leaf Gardens. <laughs> Ballard sold tickets to two shows, two shows and told manager, uh, manager Brian Epstein that the band would have to play twice. Like, they only agreed to play one. Oh. <laughs> he sold tickets yeah. telling people they're playing hey, two. Beatles, you're doing two shows. Yeah. Like, he, he, <laughs> he's uh, running the show. He's like, why? He's he boss no. the Beatles. Like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, he had no. The Beatles performed twice. Epstein was furious but agreed. The Beatles performed on one of the hottest days of the summer. So Ballard ordered the start of each show delayed. The thermostats turned up and the water fountains turned off. Only the concession stand sold drinks. Oh, you He suck. told the law he turned the water <laughs> off. He couldn't even get a drink. So People he would sell die. more concession. That's sick, man. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. After being released from prison, Ballard made an effort to kill off the World Hockey Association's Toronto Toros by raising the cost of leasing the arena and telling him it would cost an additional $3,500 per game to have the lights on. <laughs> the Toros then moved to Alabama. See ya. 1978, he fired popular head coach Roger Nielsen, who could not find a replacement, so he rehired Nielsen to told him to wear a bag over his head. <laughs> exactly. Nielsen refused. 
we'll have more Ballard stories on the other side. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Oh, not those gorillas. Tell me you want. No, no, this is the one. No, do you want to tell what you told me? No, no. F you, I won't do what you tell me. (laughs) I don't know. It would help if Floria would tell us after. Tell us, please, which song it is. We don't know. (laughs) All right. Which one is it, Florio? We're not giving away tickets to the World Series right now, Florio. Just give us a damn answer. It says Rage Against Testify. 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 That's the one. Yeah, thanks, Mike. They, they really they, do. I, I don't know. I can, they're tough. Like, I don't know. why. You know, they all bleed into each other. You know, it's funny. I'm writing a new homicide song. And I'm like, man, it kind of sounds like another song. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm like, well. Yeah, just do it. I'm like, well, do so it. What? So what? Exactly. Yeah. Who cares? Sell it. That song's like every tool sounds like the same. Every kill switch and gate song is the same. Every slayer song is the same. There's a reason why. Yeah. It's got it's got good hooks in it. Yeah. I do like Rage Against Machine. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. I like Zach, Zach DeLaRocca. Could really, uh, he could wail, too. All right, so you know what? We're talking about Howard Ballard here, former owner of the Toronto Maple Leafs, a Maple Leaf guard in the building. And, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs won in 1967. That was the last time they won a Stanley Cup. And they used to win quite often. They were one of the, you know, the powerhouse franchises. And you can look, well, the original six days were over in expansion and all that other type of stuff. But really, the fact is, this guy really did single-handedly destroy the franchise. For sure he did. I mean, look, if he took sole control of this team in 1971, the the record speaks for itself, Ken. And he died in 1990. And what happened? From 1971 to 1990, the Leafs were terrible. Yeah, and they, they were, got good, like, in 92, yeah, 93. Kind of right after he died. Two yeah, years yeah, after yeah, he died. Yeah, right. they, when they went to the finals and lost to the Kings with Gary Fraser semifinals. and the Gretzky calls. What? Sorry, semifinals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot. That was a good year for Montreal. A very good year. Yeah, Habs got lucky because Mario Lemieux got knocked out, too, by the Islanders, Glenn Healy. Yeah, but well, what he did to Dave Keon, too. Like, right, Keon so. won helped these guys win four Stanley Cups. Like, he just he just treated guys like junk. So, as we stated, so, you know, a good comparison, guys. You, you hear stories about George Steinbrenner, but Steinbrenner wanted to win. Yeah. Like, Steinbrenner actually wanted to win. Good call. Ballard's one of these old crusty jerk-offs that really didn't care about winning. He just wanted to make money. And Ralph Wilson of the Bills is like that. He really was. Like, Ralph Wilson, like, even, like, O.J. Simpson might be a killer, but I do believe him when he said O.J. Simpson told uh, told the story recently. 
He did a story. OJ did an interview with the Bills recently. Really? Bills blog or whatever. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. That's kind of different. <laughs> I guess he's got to Hey, guys. Dude, like, no one wants to yeah. talk to him. So bring OJ was all talk. happy. Yeah, Former yeah. Bills legend. It was when yeah. OJ was wearing a Bills jersey during the playoffs. He yep. was like, go Bills. He was tweeting and stuff, right? But anyways, yeah, OJ said about Ralph Wilson. They asked, what was your relationship with Ralph Wilson like? He said, well, not very good. And he said, um, he said after we I set the record for rushing yards, it was 1974, 1975. And I guess the Bills beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in a regular season that year. And the Steelers were like the best team in the NFL winning Super Bowls. Yep. And OJ ran for 2,000 yards. The Bills beat the Steelers. I think the Bills were like, they might have only played 14 games, right? So yep. I think the Bills were 10 and 4. Good, very type good thing. Team. Yeah, they yeah. were they were good, right? And O.J. Simpson, O.J. Simpson met with Ralph Wilson. He had one year left on his contract, and he met with Ralph Wilson or whatever, under the exact details. But anyways, he was in the office with Ralph Wilson, and he said to Wilson, uh, things are going great. He said, man, things are going real good. And uh, he said, I really believe. And he We're going to get things done. He here. goes, I yeah. really believe we can win the championship next year. And he said, we're just a player or two away. And he goes, if you just sign a few, get this guy and this guy. And he goes, we already beat the Steelers. We can do this for real. And Ralph Wilson said, well, why would I want to do that? And Ralph Wilson told O.J. Simpson, the last thing I need is to win a Super Bowl. Really? Pretty crazy, huh? He said, if I win a Super Bowl, then everyone's going to be coming into this office asking me for more money. He goes, I don't need to win any Super Bowls. He goes, OJ, we sell out every game anyways. See, that's the see, and that's the old school attitude yeah. with like guys I hear about. That's he, those these old idiots, guys. These idiots will the come Ford, and watch these Ford losers play. Detroit, exactly. Who is tight with Wilson? Same type of mentality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just screw it. It's about money. It's not yeah. about winning. Like the Lions have never cared about winning. You know? They never have. They do now more so because yeah. of the modern era and whatever, but and same, same with Wilson. Wilson did spend money before he died. Maybe he, almost, maybe he had like a vision. No, or, dude, it was yeah, out of like, regret yeah, that he realized, yeah, well, shit, I've never won before. What have I done to this community? Okay, now I'll yeah. give Bruce Smith the money. I'll pay yeah. Jim. Like, he did spend money before he died. It was too late, though. But, yeah, like he – it took him 50 years. I mean, the guy owned the team since 1960, yeah. right? I mean, it took him forever. So Ballard was the same type of guy, but – yeah, so sort of like Ballard firing Billy uh, Billy Martin, except Ballard uh, Billy uh, Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner. Yeah, Steinbrenner never told Billy Martin to wear a bag over his head when he came back. It's true. <laughs> after Nielsen, uh, after the Nielsen affair, Ballard went on the CBC radio pro- program as it happens. <laughs> when things didn't go his way, he told host Barbara from they shouldn't let females on the radio. Anyways, they're a joke. <laughs> guy's unreal, eh? He told Frum to mind her own business and hung up and ended the interview. <laughs> what a surly prick. This guy would oh, yeah, No, no, no. Hey, the Me Too movement? Hi, Harold. Oh, no. Yeah, that's going to work. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm they Harold Ballard. Females on the radio anyways. <laughs> They're joke. That's he that. hangs up on it. Yeah, exactly. Harold Ballard uh, had a custom apartment built inside Maple Leaf Gardens to live in. Really? Yeah. I saw him in that room that he used to have where it was funny because it was right there. They had the out-of-town scoreboard to the side. He had his little brick thing, the money room, and all you could see is there was a little couple Listen bricks out where this you is could how see hard, Harold in there. This is how hardcore he is. 
as far as money. He really did think of everything, though. Harold Ballard, the Leafs used to not have names on the back of their jerseys. That's true. Yep. Why? Cost of the stitching. No. You'd be forced to buy a program (laughs) to know who the players are. That is absolutely brilliant. I got to give him credit for that one. What number? Who is that guy? Rocky Saganuk? No. I didn't know Greg Tarion was number seven. Because <laughs> people think, no, no, it's for tradition. No. It's, <laughs> it's because the name on the front means more in the back. Yeah. It's like, no, no. No, no, because he, he said, he said, uh, if I put names on the back of the jerseys, I won't sell any more programs. Wow. NHL commissioner and president John Ziegler, oh, yeah, Ziegler. forced him. And he refused to do it. <laughs> They had to fine him $2,000 a day for every day that he refused to put letters on the back of his team's uh, jerseys. Ballard finally relented, but, God, he's a, he's a, he really is Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. Like, no, no, this is as close to Mr. Burns as you get. He's a diabolical evil genius. He's a prick, but listen, so he, get this, Ken, he relented. He put white names on the back of the white jerseys and blue <laughs> letters on the back of the blue. <laughs> Get out your binoculars. What? Can't read it. Ballard said, all right, all right. Yeah, you want me to put it? Wow. He said, fine, fine. I'll put letters on the back. He put them the same color. Amazing. I got You got to hand it to this guy. Great ideas. He told Ziegler, are you going to reimburse me yeah. for the money I don't sell for in programs now? You're right. Diabolical genius. Through much of his life, Ballard was involved in public battles with his three children, his wife Yolanda, and other garden stakeholders. All right. Uh, He died on August 11, 1990. It's been a while. That's That's some good stuff. It is great. I like that. The programs, same like stitching, he, like this guy. He, he, actually, what a he actually turned the water off on the hottest day of the summer, that's, the day the Beatles were playing, so he would sell more drinks at the concession stand. That's, he ordered them to turn, turn the off water the, off in the entire building. No, but the best thing about it was the Beatles were he said, only scheduled for one show. He goes, sorry, guys, you're playing two. I sold you for two. And they go, okay. Like, he actually beat the, the Beatles. Like, you're playing for that's like a real. Screw that's up. like a real-life Mr. Birds thing, yes. too. You come to Springfield and, yeah. yeah. Smithers, <laughs> Smithers, tell the Beatles they're playing twice. <laughs> tell the Beatles. Like this, I like this. That, like, the Beatles were furious, but played both furious. shows. And it was hot as the end of the year. They played both shows. <laughs> Wow, those are great stories. Yeah, you really can't get. You can't uh, spill a speak ill will of the dead, but yeah, it's. Uh, no, well, yeah, he's, he was not a good guy. He was entertaining. I mean, he never wronged me, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> he never wronged me. <laughs> He never wronged me. He never asked him for money. That's the best. Just don't ask him for money. Uh, Wow. Unreal. You know what? I've never been. I've never been to Maple Leaf Garden. Never? It's It's weird because I live like a block away from it, and I walk past it like a million times. It's uh, a grocery store now. Nobody played there. Yeah. Like the, the Leafs left. Basically, I moved to Toronto. 
when, when they went to the Air Canada Center? Yeah, I moved yeah. to so Toronto the, the last year of the Maple The last Bears. night that I swear to God, like the night I moved here, Oasis played the last show, show at the uh, Garden. That is correct. It was yeah. one of those deals. It was like the last night, boom, Oasis played. Yeah, and then I met you. Then you went to they the sports bar. They yeah. didn't destroy the building. No. Like you said, it's a liquor grocery store. There's actually a hockey rink in there. Yeah, there still is. Yeah, they used to have the Timmy Tyke tournaments and the big tur- like big kids uh, tournaments in there. It's Ryerson University. The Rams use it now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. It's a basketball court. So yeah, like a, and a big, super, big, big supermarket. All right, so who are you taking in this home run derby tonight? Well, Gabe, I was gonna. I usually bet on a couple of guys, and I'm looking for. I can't take Harper because of the odds, but I'm gonna go with Max Muncie. I really like the situation. 22 home runs and only 20, 225 at bats. I think he can win his first match, and after there, Blue brought up a good point. I think his bracket's nice. It's interesting too. At a plus 600 guy, he's favored in his match at 160. It's another thing that I like. I don't know what Oakland was thinking, man. They had a lot of guys, uh, but the Dodgers are sure happy that they picked up Muncie. I think it, uh, six to one is a real, real good price for a guy that's coming to the league and has major home run power. There's not a like, you know what I mean? Like you could take a flyer. You said it. you could take Bregman at fourteen to one if you like Freeman. If he gets into his zone, I'm not taking Harper at two fifty. He can win. There's just I think it's anybody's it's anybody's derby. You might as well try to find some plus money. What makes it tough is the fact that it is a bracket situation yeah. and it's a head-to-head situation. Yeah. You take some, but they're going to get knocked. They could get knocked out in the first round. They could. That's, right? So, yeah. you know, you've got to sort of... Hopefully you can get to a hedge situation if you have a big enough dog. If your guy wins, think about it. If you take Bregman at 14-1 to 1 and he wins, you can almost, almost do it, Gabe. Like, you think about it, you could, yeah, you, you could. All right, so I'll go through the matchups. Aguilar versus Hoskins. Who you take? I like Aguilar. Yeah, I'll go with Aguilar here too. Bregman versus Schwarber. Might take a shot with Bregman, but Schwarber should win. But I'm taking a Bregman as a pooch, yes. Don't forget Schwarber's got his real estate. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Century 21. Here you go. Lots of home sales. I think they're the spot. Are they still the sponsor of all that stuff? I know they are. Yeah, one of those companies. Yeah, I remember the old days they used to have like a gold ball yeah, they give you a house or something. That's right. Gold ball. Yeah, I think they still do. Or it's like mortgage for, I think that's yeah, the way they, they do it now. Yeah, now you get a mortgage. mortgage. Yeah. mortgage Screw off. off. Give me the damn house. You yeah, know? I, think that, I think that's what it is now. They pay your mortgage off for your house. Really? I think. Well, I think that's what they had. They've they've mixed it up a few times. So what is it? Quicken Loans? Like, hey, I remember years ago it was like a hundred k. I remember some dude like he he was cheering for a guy and they won. He won like a hundred k. Still awesome, but and I think they went away from the cash. And like you said, it's more mortgages. They either give you a house or I think the yeah. I believe the last time I remember, they pay your mortgage. Off. I'd say most houses are worth more than a hundred thousand dollars, so you'd probably want the house. But they yeah, they take care of the mortgage. We'll see how it goes tonight. I know. I, I'm not sure if it's I don't even I, know what they're doing. Yet. Yeah, I thought Century. Yeah, one of those uh, real estate guys was the sponsor, but we'll see. All right, Bryce Harper versus Freeman. I kind of like it's hard to I, go against Harper. It is, but you're gonna not gonna lay two sixty in that matchup. I can tell you that. Muncie versus Bias. I'm taking Muncie. Muncie. Yeah. And uh, so you're taking Muncie to win it all, huh? Yep. Muncie plus six hundred. Just kind of Muncie. You know, you're a Dodger fan, Gabe. Why don't you support the old uh, I do like blue Muncie. and white? Now, I, I think he's a really good price. In, the two he, guys I like, I like. Uh, I was going to take Aguilar as my second guy. He's been There's good. a lot of hype about Aguilar coming I know, and that's this. Not, he's a trendy that's pick. That's not good for business. Everyone either. loves Aguilar. I know. Like, you know. And that's not good. 
leads me to believe he's going to lose to Hoskins. Yes, it, it actually makes me scared of it. Yeah, no one's talking about Hoskins. Every at all. guy that was hyped up, they always they it's always true. go out early. So be very wary of those type of. Listen, guys. Aguilar's got twenty four home runs. He leads the National League in home runs. Yeah, two hundred seventy two at bats as well too. So he's got good power. Real good power. He's 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 pretty heavily hyped uh, coming into this. Harper is favored. Of course, it is in Washington. Yeah, is plus two fifty enough though? No. That's the thing, you know. Harper, sure he could win, but it's not a good price. I sort of like. Power to you. I sort of like Freddie Freeman just because of the odds coming into this. But Freeman's got that bad matchup out of the gate. He so. does. Yeah, he's got to deal with Harper. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, and Harper's minus 260 in his matchup. It tells you uh, Freeman could be in a little bit tough. It's Harper's home park. It is. He's going to drive to work like he does every day. Yeah, he's yeah. in his own room. He's in his own locker. If Harper was 4-1 to one instead of plus 225 or 250, yes. But it, the, the price isn't enough for me to pull the trigger in a home run competition. It's just not good value, buddy. But he could win. He should win. He's a favorite. But Muncie... That's a guy I think that can uh, do some damage. Tomorrow night we got the All-Star game, and uh, tomorrow we'll start to talk a little uh, British Open as well. Yeah, I'm going to get you some guys, Gabe. I'm going to go through uh, the lineup and some guys on the pros and cons list. Uh, crazy story. Brandon Stone, this uh, kid, came out of nowhere to win. I had Eddie Pepperell at 100-1 to 1 in the Scottish Open, Gabe. He was leading into, like, the 10th hole, and this kid just went birdie, 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 just smoked the competition. And uh, Molinari, our buddy, another strong performance in the PGA, came second. So he's played two events in America, first and second. I've already bet Francisco Molinari at the Open at 38-1. to 1. I think his odds will go down probably to 25 Pretty good odds for a guy. Yeah, it seems a little high. Yeah, that's the thing. I want You get in those early, the early betting. Uh, and watch out for Molinari at Carnoustie. They say, Gabe, it's brown, and the ball is just like, it's absolute like cement out there. That's yeah. good for a straight ball hitter like him. Yeah, it's, it's uh, because if it goes, think it's about extremely it. dry. If it's extremely dry and you can't hit the ball straight off the tip fairway, where's it going? Fescue, rolling off stuff into bad things, man. Be careful, straight ball hitters. Tiger Woods uh, played a practice round there over the weekend, and uh, some of his drives were going 400 yards. Not going to be an issue off the tee. Oh yeah. But Tiger said the same thing. You better keep it. Uh, you better keep it. And the, the fairway is very narrow. <laughs>